here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. You're at the right place, of course. If you want to hear people blow hard and do that sort of thing, you're at the wrong place. But you're at the right place because we deal in knowledge and facts and information. And as I've said, we have no idea. I said yesterday, the day before. That's Monday, Tuesday. We have no idea how many documents Joe Biden has taken, whether they be classified or otherwise. Because there's been no subpoena, there's been no FBI independent review of the one location or any other location. Mr. Producer can produce an entire audio list where I said that, but why bore you with that? And of course, the politicization of the National Archives, which turned into a a political weapon against Donald Trump, is now without dispute. And of course, the Attorney General is the biggest hack to ever be Attorney General. And there's a lot to go through here today. Stick with me, because we are several steps ahead of the curve. A special counsel was appointed to investigate Donald Trump in mid-November. More than two weeks after the same Attorney General of the United States was aware that Joe Biden had secreted, wittingly or unwittingly, but you assume wittingly, classified information at his so-called office at the pen, whatever the hell it's called. That immediately raised a concern here with us, in which I said, have all of his locations been searched? How do we know it's just 10 classified documents? On the say-so of his private lawyers? Why isn't there a SWAT team? Why isn't there a warrant? At a minimum, why isn't there a subpoena? Questions have never been answered. In fact, even today, they weren't asked. For two months, 
for two months. The Attorney General, the Department of Justice, the Biden administration, White House, the National Archives, among others, kept this secret. They covered it up through the midterm election and well beyond. They were hoping to sweep this under the rug as they continue to pursue Donald Trump. Why has there not been a special counsel appointed, ladies and gentlemen? Is there not an appearance of a conflict of interest involving the President of the United States? The answer is yes. Well, that's the standard that triggers such an appointment. And yet, on many grounds, whether it is violating the immigration laws, whether it is violating the Constitution when it comes to which, which branch of government is responsible for making spending decisions, where Biden has, on several occasions, on his own, attempted to usurp that authority, including with student loans and so forth. These are big issues. Not a phone call. These are very, very big issues. So we have the cover-up, we have the lack of a special counsel, and we have a situation now in which more documents have been found in another location. So everything I suspected is true. It's not because I'm Nostradamus. It's because I keep telling you, and I'm going to keep saying it, Almost all of these officials have taken documents with them, including classified documents. Our friend Carl Rove was on Fox. We invited Carl Rove to come on this program. But we were told, Mr. Producer was told, that he's out at a dinner event, is that correct? At a dinner event, probably having peanut butter crackers in the basement as he's watching uh, the History Channel. But nonetheless, I wanted Karlov to come on the program because he made such an attack on Donald Trump the last 24 hours, trying to present differences between the Biden situation and the Trump situation. And even before I asked him, I had no idea about this second group of documents. I was going to ask Carl how he knew there were only 10 documents, how those documents got there. And he says that this administration has been cooperative. Well, so was Trump. There was just a disagreement, and you resolve those disagreements. You don't send in the FBI. I also wanted to ask Carl Rove if George W. Bush had received or taken any documents, or Dick Cheney or any cabinet official in his administration, being deputy chief of staff and all, and how he could ensure that they had not. But Carl's at a dinner engagement. Maybe he'll come on tomorrow. Well, we don't want him tomorrow, do we? We have a huge guest tomorrow. Maybe you've heard of him. President Donald Trump will be on the radio show tomorrow in the second hour, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So please, please take a listen. We will have President Trump on the program in the second hour, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, um, to discuss a number of things. 
And so this time the information was leaked to NBC because they know that Chairman James Comer is all ready to roll on the National Archives. And I want to repeat for those who weren't here yesterday, those of you who were, it's just short, the question that I had asked Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin, Chairman Comer, which helped launch all these leaks, I guess, and try to get in front of him once they learned what his plans were, with what was once a backwater agency called the National Archives. This is from Life, Liberty, and Levin last Sunday. Go. The National Archives. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that you folks will take a look at how they have applied their rules to past presidents, past secretaries of state, past attorney generals and so forth, because I don't believe in two seconds that no past president or vice president or attorney general or secretary of state doesn't have some document at home or didn't destroy some document. I don't believe it at all. Is that something you'll look into? Yes. In fact, the National Archives is under uh, our jurisdiction in the Oversight Committee. This used to be just a sleepy government agency that was required to give us an annual report in the Oversight Committee. Uh, I was the top Republican, so I had to be there. And the chairwoman was uh, Chairwoman Maloney from York. Well, I think we were the only two in attendance the last time they, they came before the committee. So they never really made any news. And you're exactly right. We've gone back and investigated every president and vice president has uh, inadvertently taken documents with them. There was never a raid on their their private residence. I sincerely believe, and I don't have the evidence, we're gonna look into this, but I sincerely believe that that raid on Mar-a-Lago was triggered by the January 6th committee, just doing a fishing expedition to see if they could find anything, Mm -hmm. anything they could use against Donald Trump. So uh, that was wrong. Uh, Every request we've made to the National Archives They've referred us to, to Merrick Garland. So, you know, they're not in a good position with the Republicans now. This is another agency that uh, I was wanting to withhold their funding until they came in front of us and answered a lot of questions that we had. Unfortunately, the Senate, again, didn't do us any favors. But, uh, you know, September 30th, we'll be here before you know it. And, and we're going to, again, uh, demand that they give us some answers as to uh, what went on and what actually triggered that raid. And we have evidence where other presidents uh, in both parties had inadvertently taken uh, documents home before and nothing like that had ever happened uh, previously. All right, back live. So there's a lot more when we come back. I want to add something else here. I want to repeat something because there's a lot of disinformation going on. Over 90% of the rules that are being used now by the House Republicans had been agreed to by the Republican caucus after the November election. While it's true from August to November, the Freedom Caucus wasn't making a ton of progress. It's also true that after the election, the vast majority of the rules, the entire Republican caucus agreed to which is why 60% of the Freedom Caucus was not part of the 20, which is why Jim Jordan was not part of the 20. Jim Banks was not part of the... I can go on and on and on. That is, that's why the vast majority of the conservatives in the Republican Caucus in the House didn't go along with the 20. So they squeezed out a few more, and the one that they really got that the rest did not want was the ability of one person 
to cause a vote on the removal of the speaker. That was really what the fight was over. I just point that out. Because if you're happy with what's going on right now, and I am, and we talked about it yesterday, then you should be happy that these people seem to have united around a conservative agenda, which they appeared to unite around right after the election. So those are the facts. The gentleman you just heard, Mr. Comer, he was always going to do this. Jim Jordan was on my show a couple months ago. They were always going to have a special committee. They had to figure out, you know, what the call and where it would be. You can call it the church committee. You can call it the Ernie Grabowski committee. These things were already in play. What they wanted to do and why they were angry and upset is they wanted to get them instituted. So I just point that out to you because the facts need to be stated, and we do not rewrite history here. That's a footnote. Now, I want to get on with these documents, because this is important. This is very, very important to show how the Democrats and the media and even these Republicans like Rove and others go on TV and try and take out Trump, even though he's a private citizen. Make excuses for Biden, are circling the wagons, and yet If the Espionage Act means anything, then we're going to be rolling up a bunch of ex-presidents, a bunch of ex-vice presidents, a bunch of attorneys general, and every damn one of them knows exactly what I'm talking about. Every damn one of them knows that I'm right. That is, that while they're pointing the finger, they should be pointing it at themselves. The media know that this has taken place. Obama knows it. Bush knows it. Rove knows it, Gore knows it, (coughs) Cheney knows it, and Biden knew it. They all know it. Bill Barr knew it. Eric Holder knows it. Hillary Clinton knows it. They all know it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Biden aides find second batch of classified documents at new location. This was the breaking news at about 5 p.m. Eastern Time, NBC News. Aides to President Joe Biden have discovered at least one additional batch of classified documents in a location separate from the Washington office. 
which he had used after leaving the Obama administration, according to a person familiar with the matter. Now, they're trying to get this stuff out because of what you just heard. The, Mr. Comer is going to be really digging in here. Since November, after the discovery of documents with classified markings in his former office, Biden aides have been searching for any additional classified materials that might be in other locations he used, said the source, who spoke in the condition of anonymity, to provide details about the ongoing inquiry. This was a planted leak. The White House did not return a request for comment. The Justice Department had no comment. And then we had the initial discovery of classified documents in an office used by Biden after his vice presidency. The classified level, number, and precise location of the additional documents was not immediately clear. It's also not immediately clear when the additional documents were discovered. That's a very important point, too. And if the search for any other classified materials Biden may have from the Obama administration is complete... Biden aides have been sifting through documents stored at locations beyond his former Washington office to determine if there are any other classified documents that need to be turned over to the National Archives and reviewed by the Justice Department, said the leaker. The search was described as exhaustive, with the goal of getting a full accounting of all classified documents that may have inadvertently been packed in boxes. Now, a couple of things. Why do we assume that they were inadvertently packed in boxes? How do we know? How do we know? Why does the assumption go one way with Biden and the other way with Trump? That's number one. Number two, his aides, his lawyers are sifting through the boxes. Shouldn't the FBI, at least at this point, be sifting through the boxes, two different locations of classified materials? Hmm? The answer is yes, of course. And number three, how do they avoid the appointment of a special counsel under the regulation for an appearance of a conflict? Now, there's some information here that we need. For instance, if the U.S. attorney in Chicago has done and has already put a report on the desk of Meritless Garland, this second batch that they found, when did they find this? After the report was done? Before the report was done? Is the search done? We have no idea, and these are all very, very important and relevant questions. I'll be right back. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Monday, 
evening, I guess, a little before 6 p.m. Eastern when we came on the air. The first story broke by CBS about the first group of classified documents. Approximately 5 p.m. Eastern Time this evening, the second story broke. Now, Ed O'Keefe is the White House press person for CBS, and he was pressing this uh, Jean-Pierre on Biden's classified documents very aggressively because that was their story that was leaked to them initially. And it's worth listening to because this is actually an act of journalism, which is probably a big surprise. Cut 17, go. On the documents case again, you've laid out that the president's lawyers and the special counsel are dealing with the legal side of this. You've now laid out that you have not had a conversation with the president about this. But this was reported Monday. It happened in November. Are you aware of any conversation in the West Wing among others, people other than the president, about disclosing this once it was discovered? What I can say is somebody, I was asked uh, by your colleague if he, if we, t- we talked about the documents themselves. The president said he does not know what was in them, right? But I, but I, but also just wanted to clear that up. I look. I understand you guys are going to have a lot of questions on this. I get that. I know you guys are going to have a lot of questions on process and specifics. And what I can tell you is that I'm not going to go beyond what the president laid out. I'm not going to. See, this is the press keeps saying, not this gentleman, but others, the transparency that Biden's been transparent, that they acted lawfully, that they moved quickly, they followed the process, and then when they're asked about the process. When did you first know about it? Did you talk among yourselves about not reporting it to the American people for two months? Are there documents elsewhere? Are there this? They stonewall. They absolutely stonewall. And that's what they're doing. Go ahead. Council colleagues have stated I would refer you to them for any other specifics or additional information. I want to be prudent here. Uh, I want to make sure that we do this in the appropriate way. We're going to ask them because that's our job. I understand. And and my job is to answer your questions. So here we go. Let's go. We ask this is because on like day two of this administration, when he swore all of you in, the president said, quote, I'm going to make mistakes. When I make them, I'll acknowledge them and I'll tell you and I'll need your help to help me correct them. So you're the one here yeah, talking to us about this. That's why we're asking you. So let's just remember that. I, uh, when Ed, he was Ed, asked Ed, yesterday, Ed, I'm, we don't need we don't need to have this. We work very well together. We do. I don't. We don't need to have this kind of confrontation. Ask your question, and I will answer well, them the best the that reason, I can. Part of the reason we're laying that out is because you're laying out your part of the job. We're I know. Laying out our part of the job, I know, but I'm just saying question. that we don't need we to have contention. You don't need to be contentious with me here, Ed. The president was asked yesterday, but did not answer this part of the question. Why didn't he or someone in the White House inform the American people when these documents were discovered on November 2nd? Did it have anything to do, because people are asking this part of it, did it have anything to do with the fact that the election was just a few days away? Again, Ed, this is under review by the Department of Justice. It is literally under review right now. As we are, as as I as I am talking to you, it is under review. So I'm not going to uh, get beyond the process. I'm not going to get beyond what the president. Now that said. is ridiculous. Being an old Justice Department guy, so I can bring some knowledge here for you. It's not under a criminal investigation. They're free to say whatever they want. Whatever they want. Nobody has been 
targeted as a subject of the investigation. They're treating it totally differently than they have with Trump. So, of course, she can answer a question about why they didn't say anything, who found out what and when and all the rest of it. That's perfectly legitimate. So they are stonewalling. It's a cover up right now. Go ahead. White House counsel, my colleagues in the White House counsel, laid out a very detailed uh, information about uh, what this particular issue. And now there are questions that they're trying to ask, and you're not providing answers, which suggests to me two things. One of two things. Either Biden is an absolute crook, or they don't know if Biden's an absolute crook in the purloined documents. And this is the trap they set up for themselves, as they have for every former vice president, every former president. And this is what Bill Barr should have said on all the occasions he went on TV to trash Trump and all the rest of them, that this can get very hairy. It can get very complicated. And they know it. And they know it. Go ahead. I'm just not going to get beyond that. The Department of Justice is independent, as you know. They're, they're doing a review. And I want to be prudent here. They're not asking be- you about the Department of Justice. They're asking you about Biden. There's nothing you can say that will interfere with their investigation. In fact, whatever you say might be useful to their investigation. So speak away. Talk up. Tell them everything you know. The American people. It doesn't interfere with their investigation. Go ahead. It would be more appropriate for my colleagues in the White House counsel's to, to, uh, office to address uh, this. Then we walk into the briefing room and we hope they can come soon to discuss this. But there's another thing. There was nothing stopping the President of the United States from disclosing the discovery of these classified documents in his former office before it was under Justice Department review. Well, there was nothing to stop them from disclosing it, period, even if it was under review. But you're certainly right about that, that before it was under review. Go ahead. What I can tell you right now is what the president is. is, is, All right. uh, So it's rope a dope. Just keep repeating yourself. It's a cover up now. They're in full cover-up mode. That's why there needs to be a special counsel. That's why they've already waited too long to do a sweep of these various locations where Biden used to hide, his phony offices and so forth. That's why all of this has to be done now, after the fact, and they're still sitting on their hands. Now imagine if Chairman Comer had begun his investigation this or next week, And he came across all this information. That's why they're leaking bits and pieces of it out now. Because if he had come across it, it would have been absolutely a huge cover-up understood by everybody, as it is now, by the way. But now they can keep saying, we followed the rules, we did this, we did that. Now, one of the requirements is, and they didn't follow it, is to inform Congress, and they did not. I'm talking about the Department of Justice didn't tell Congress anything. Neither did the National Archives. Go ahead. President said to all of you, right, which is he was surprised by this. 
He definitely, truly She's just going to keep repeating herself. Number one, she's dumb, and number two, she's in cover-up mode. Go ahead. Here. Uh, and also, when it comes to classified, he takes classified documents very seriously. No, he doesn't and- take them very seriously. Apparently, he takes them out of the Oval Office or takes them out of the old executive office building. That's the only takes he does. What do you mean he takes it very seriously? You're going to just keep repeating the big lie? Like the border's secure? Like there is no inflation? Go ahead. And I'm going to leave you to the information that the president provided to all of you. And also... Uh, he didn't provide them with any information. He played stupid, too. He didn't know what was in the documents. He was surprised that they're there. That's all he said. But they had a very fulsome statement. No, it was a cover-your-ass statement. It wasn't a fulsome, substantive statement about anything. Go ahead. Front in front of many of you or your colleagues, and also what my White House counsel uh, colleague shared on Monday. This, the leaders of the Senate Intelligence Committee today, like they did after the raid at Mar-a-Lago, have asked that the Director of National Intelligence conduct a national security assessment of this yeah. apparent discovery of classified information. Has the president asked for one, or are you I, aware I, of the ODNI? I would refer. I will to refer the- you to what the president said before, which is nothing. And I will remind you that this is being reviewed by the Department of Justice. So please, we have this magnificent relationship, Ed, you and I. And, you know, in the recent past, you used to regurgitate whatever I fed to you. Yes, but we at CBS, we actually broke this story because one of your people leaked it to us. I mean, uh, here we are. Go ahead. Justice here. It, this is again. Department this is. I would refer you to Department of Justice on this particular issue that's being reviewed currently. Wow, so transparent. Top oversight Republican, that's Comer, opens investigation into Biden's handling of classified files. Representative James Comer also launches probe into political bias at National Archives. Uh, this is out uh, today, or uh, last night, rather, um, for into political bias for failing to disclose President's top-secret records possession to GOP. Now, this is exactly what he and I talked about Sunday night on Life, Liberty, and Levin without knowing this. Without knowing this. And uh, in his letter to the National Archives, Comer suggested political bias was at play in its handling of Trump's possession of classified documents, which culminated in an FBI raid on his Florida property, versus the more low-key situation with Biden. And then you'll have uh, knuckleheads with whiteboards, among others, uh, go on cable TV and say, here's a difference between Biden and Trump. They don't even have all the facts with Biden. They kept talking about 10 classified documents. And what did I tell you? We don't know how many classified documents he has or doesn't have. So why are they coming to Biden's defense without having all the facts? Why don't they want Biden investigated? And for that matter, ladies and gentlemen, shouldn't we know the extent to which Obama took classified documents and Gore and all the rest of them? Or non-classified documents for that matter? Who's done a review of that? Nothing. Well, if you're going to go after Trump and if your effort is to put him in federal prison over this cockamamie bullcrap, well then, guess what? Apply it across the board. Across the board. 
I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. So I got a text just now telling me, you know, only the president can declassify. So even the vice president, when he takes the documents, can't even use that as a defense. Remember how we discussed that last night, Mr. Producer? Yes, we know. We know. We're way in front of the curb here. Have you noticed the virtual silence by the Senate Republicans on this issue, America? Have you noticed it? Have you noticed that Mitch McConnell has not spoken out? I don't care if the Senate's not around. I don't care if he's at home. He knows how to draw attention. Just stand in front of a bridge uh, like he did with Joe Biden. But stand in front of a bridge without Joe Biden. I'm a bipartisanship here. Have you noticed? Have you heard from them? That's our biggest problem. And the reason is the connection between McConnell and Biden and the Communist Chinese Party. And this from Wendell Husebo over at Breitbart, at least $54 million. This isn't new, but I want to underscore it. $54 million has been donated by Chinese Communist Party-linked individuals or entities between 2014 and 2019, a five-year period, to the Penn-Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement in Washington at the University of Pennsylvania, according to public records reported by the New York Post, where it was revealed this week that Biden had stashed a trove of classified documents. See, Biden's bought and paid for. He's the Manchurian president. University announced it would create the Biden Center in 2017. The same year, Vice President Biden left the White House. Most of the anonymous donations were given to the Biden Center after the university announced the Penn-Biden Center, the Post reported, Do you know what Biden's salary was there, Mr. Producer? $900,000 for all his brilliant work. Does anybody know what work he did? According to the Washington Free Beacon, a great site, unlike Newsweek, some of the funds were given by Shanghai real estate developer Xi Jinping, who reportedly had no immediate connection to the university. 
In 2011, Zhu faced corruption allegations in China, but was never charged with a crime. An expert on the Chinese Communist Party at the American Foreign Policy Council, Michael Sabalik, told the Beacon that Zhu's non-prosecution suggests he has a close relationship with the Communist Party. In April, a government watchdog, NLPC's Government Integrity Project, asked the U.S. prosecutor, David Weiss, to look into the anonymous donations as part of the DOJ's investigation and her Hunter Biden's alleged attacks and gun violations. We've asked Weiss to pursue the larger network of individuals and institutions who benefited from millions doled out by foreign interests connected to Hunter Biden, his work in China and Ukraine, said the director, Tom Anderson. NLPC stated in his 12-page complaint that the Hunter Biden laptop reveals a 2017 text linking CEFC China Energy with the Penn Biden Center. CEFC Energy, China Energy, apparently tried to lobby American politicians without registering as a foreign lobbyist. At the same time, Hunter had been... You see the interconnection. Hunter had been trying to work a deal with CEFC, this energy company, in which Joe Biden would receive a 10% equity stake in the deal. So you see the funding for this Penn Center. You see the naming of it after Biden, right after he leaves the White House. You see the enormous salary he earns for doing nothing. You see how his son's involved in this process. You see how the CEFC China Energy, the guy who runs that, made a huge donation to the Penn Biden Center. And you see how Hunter was working with the same energy company to make a deal in which daddy would get 10% equity. And that's according to whistleblower Tony Bobolinsky. But we don't need a special counsel. We're going to wrap it up real fast. Real fast. University of Pennsylvania has denied that the Penn Biden Center received any money from anonymous Chinese donations. Mm-hmm. Well, we shall see. Because the public record suggests otherwise. But no special counsel. We're going to get this thing wrapped up. The Biden, uh, Joe Biden has handled this by the book. The Democrats assure us. The media assure us. His spoke city assures us. And she thinks repetition will convince you. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. I want to address a topic. Conservatism and national defense. Conservatism. We have a lot of 
I shouldn't say a lot, we have a handful, really, of individuals who seek to rewrite conservatism through a very superficial thinking, who throw around labels like nationalism and populism, not even understanding what they mean or their historical context. And they think they have to invent new ways of thinking, new ideas, both as a way of ingratiating themselves with others and sort of playing the role of a new Aristotle or new Edmund Burke or new whomever. And they're utterly incapable of it. Because as we understand, common sense and conservatives and the founders understood, you have to have some knowledge and appreciation for what's come before. So if you're out to destroy the reputation of those who've come before, whether it's a Buckley or a Reagan or Goldwater, and others, great thinkers who made tremendous advancements. Or even people before them. Because you think you're smarter at the age of 25 or 30. Then you actually have the mindset of a Marxist. Your thinking is not based on principles and philosophy. Your thinking is based on grandiosity and narcissism. And that's the truth. In his book, The Conscience of a Majority, Barry Goldwater has an entire chapter on isolationism. He calls it, chapter four, isolationism again. And the isolationists are enormously dishonest. They will trash our allies, and they will censor information about our enemies. This movement existed prior to World War II, and at other times in the short history of this country, but prior to World War II. And it involved Democrats and Republicans, but particularly outspoken so-called conservatives. They weren't very conservative, but that's what they said. And they had an entire movement. As Hitler was making his presence known, as Tojo made his presence known, and even before them, as Mussolini made his presence known, and their intentions known. Their intentions known. They kept saying that the America First position, they were called America First. Stay out of these foreign entanglements. That's what Washington told us. Europe is Europe. It won't affect America. It's awfully far away. Don't escalate. Don't provoke. They can't hurt us and they won't hurt us. And besides, do you want to send your children to Europe? 
And it was very persuasive and influential in the Republican Party. They didn't want to be called isolationists. They were led by, among others, guys like Lindbergh, a tremendous hero, of course. And they had a much bigger following than they do today in this country, but it was a very big following. A very big following. Now, I have to truncate the history of this, but nonetheless. So when Britain was at war with Hitler, uh, Congress had passed what's called a Neutrality Act. Now, the Neutrality Act was passed earlier, but Franklin Roosevelt's hands were tied. He couldn't flat out give support and aid to Churchill. Churchill was begging him for help. So he came up with this Lend-Lease program, which actually violated the Neutrality Act, but nonetheless, Democrats are Democrats. So it wasn't really until we were attacked by the Japanese at Pearl Harbor did we jump into the war. We were not ready. We hadn't built up our military. As a result, we had a lot of men die in many respects early on because our military was not adequate. Our training was not adequate. So the country, of course, rallied. The capitalist system kicked into gear. And everybody contributed. And while we were on our heels... We were able to get our bearings. But a lot more people died than had to die. And despite having many members of my family in World War II, thank God none of them died. Most of them were Marines. And they fought and they fought like hell. I understand the notion of a military-industrial complex, a phrase that was not invented by Eisenhower, but was embraced by him. He was trying to wind down from levels of spending that had taken place in World War II, like we'd never seen before. He didn't want to gut the military. He understood the problems better than anybody. But he understood But we didn't need to be at the same level we were during the midst of World War II. But he also understood that isolationism was a disaster. So he wasn't an isolationist. He wasn't a pacifist. He didn't use the rhetoric of the so-called America First crowd. Lindbergh, as soon as we were attacked at Pearl Harbor, reversed course. He became one of the greatest... I won't say pro-war, but pro-American fighting war advocates in the country. He also raised an enormous amount of money through, uh, through the bond uh, campaigns, B-O-N-D, uh, to raise money for the military and for the spending. And the America First organization was disbanded, of course. And they were wrong. 
they were dead wrong to ignore the facts, to ignore the evidence. A new kind of conservative arose from this, rejecting isolationism. They saw the rise of Russia, the Soviet Union, I should say. They saw the rise of communism as a great threat. And they were right. And they were at loggerheads often with the Democrats. Who in many ways were the isolationists, but certainly the pacifists. And they took this military-industrial complex language and argument that Eisenhower had mentioned for a completely different purpose and used it to fight defense spending and to fight military efforts to protect this country as the Soviet communists and and others were building these satellite relationships throughout the third world, including in our own hemisphere. There was also the Marshall Plan after World War II. I don't know the equivalent dollars of today, inflation dollars, but where we spend an enormous amount of money to help build up a number of these countries that we had destroyed in Europe and Japan. Many of them are our NATO allies today, our allies. And we kept a number of bases in these areas so we wouldn't have to die our family members wouldn't have to go to war and die again over the same territory. We didn't take the territory. We didn't lord over the people in these areas. But we kept our bases so we had forward military projection just in case. We learned a lot from that war. We learned a lot, not just tactically, but a lot that needs to be done in terms of gathering information, intelligence, being aware of what's taking place so we're not on our heels again. What's this all about? I'll tell you what it's all about. I'm not saying they will, but if there is an effective movement among the Republicans on Capitol Hill to slash defense spending, and we're not talking about waste, fraud, and abuse. We all agree with that. And we're not talking about there shouldn't be oversight with inspectors general with Ukraine and all. We're not talking about that. We agree with that. And maybe there can be cutting here and there. We agree with that. That's just rational. That's fiscally rational. I'm talking about those who keep talking about we can't be in quote unquote these forever wars. And they use Afghanistan or they use Iraq as they use these as cases to prevent us from defending ourselves and building a military that's capable of defending ourselves, we will fight them behind this microphone. We will fight them. I know that's unpopular with some, but I could give a damn. Communist China. I want you to go online and Google it all you want. Is a nation preparing for war? They have five times as many people as we do. They now have nuclear weapons, the technology they stole from us. They have a serious air force. They have a navy that's larger than ours. 
and they are pouring an enormous amount of money into this. And so when they present their defense budget and people say, well, they're only spending this, we're spending a lot more. Everybody knows who uses their head that the communist Chinese don't tell you what their budget is. All kinds of civilian economic activity, resources, personnel are involved in their military activities. They're not accounted for when they put their quote-unquote military budget out. It's a bunch of disinformation. I do not think we're capable of rebuilding the way we did when we were attacked at Pearl Harbor today. I think we have half the country against us. Just the mindset, the psyche has changed. But we cannot surrender the conservative movement to so-called populists and nationalists who reject constitutional conservative, who reject national security, and yes, peace through strength, as Reagan said. And yet that's why I circle back some of these people. Trash Reagan. Trash Goldwater. Trash the conservative movement and pretend they have other ideas. Common sense ideas. Well, that's what conservatism is all about. Common sense. And if the federal government doesn't have a responsibility to protect this country, not redistribute wealth, not create domestic programs, but if it doesn't defend us, nobody will. Iran has now naval ships around the Panama Canal. China has bases in our hemisphere in violation of the Monroe Doctrine. China has a major base on the west coast of Africa to strike the United States. China just made a military deal with the Solomon Islands with a very deep port. That's one of the places one of my family members fought, my great uncle, at Guadalcanal. China has built nuclear missiles that can now hit the United States. China has built killer satellites. China seeks to conquer, if you will, the moon. China seeks to control both sides of the Panama Canal through contracts. Now, you have to be insane to ignore this. And to listen to what Xi says. Listen to what he says. You wouldn't have believed 10 years ago that China would have consumed Hong Kong as they plan to consume Taiwan. And if you read what Vladimir Putin wrote, said 18 months ago, Ukraine is not his primary target. Eastern Europe is, the rest of Eastern Europe. And if he were to cut through Ukraine and hit Poland or Romania or Hungary, whatever, the Balkan states, we're required to go to war as a member of NATO, which was created after World War II. So please think for yourself. The propaganda you're hearing from some pseudo-conservatives sounds very much like the propaganda of pre-World War II and sounds very much like the propaganda of George McGovern in 1972. 
and all the other isolationists and pacifists. It's great to be an isolationist and pacifist if the enemy is, but the enemy's not. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. The world of Twitter, the world of Facebook, the world of all these platforms, it's not the real world, is it? It's not the real world. And yet too many conservatives on TV and radio and elsewhere, with websites, they think it is. It's not. So they have these Twitter fights and these Twitter battles. I don't even read the comments on Twitter. Every now and then they're sent to me, right, Mr. Producer? But that's it. Because why should I? I've got you out here. I post things there because people do go there. But it's it's not the real world. It's a different world. Liberal media types make this mistake, and now pseudo-conservatives make the same mistake. They think social media is the real world. It's not the real world. It's a fake world. It's a Potemkin world. It's a manufactured world. I'll be right back. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smart. Smarter Wireless. This is the Ministry of Truth. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. This Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin, we're going to have um, Stephen Miller get into this immigration stuff and these cartels. 
and how this civil war type activity in Mexico, I fear, is going to spill over the border. And uh, these cartels are as vicious as they come. The way they slaughter at random and so forth, and they're killing our people with fentanyl. This is a big deal. It's not as if we haven't spent enough money. We have enough money. We do. And my second guest will be Jim Trusty, who you heard last night, President Trump's lawyer on this document issue. And we'll get into that. And then, of course, my opening statement that I make on, uh, I don't like monologue. I don't like that word. My opening statement uh, that I will also make. And I want to thank all of you who, uh, who will be listening and watching, as I do thank you here. Um, and uh, you've made it the number one primetime evening show on the weekends on Fox. And we beat uh, CNN and MSNBC combined, as we did last Sunday. Last Sunday. With everything going on with the economy and inflation, it's time to put yourself into a place where you have cash reserves. Everything costs more, but most of us are not making more, so you need to find a way to supplement what you're earning. Right? Okay. Be curious to know. When it comes to defense spending, should we slash it? Should we treat it like domestic spending? Because that's what the left wants to do, too. Now let's move to our third topic here. Our transportation system. We have a lot of problems with our transportation system that we didn't have a few years back. All of a sudden we hear of this phrase, supply chain. Now, economists and those who read a lot of this stuff know what a supply chain is, but really, the average person, what do you mean supply chain? We're having these horrendous problems with a supply chain, and we're still having these problems. They're not all due to the COVID virus. A lot of them are due to certain regulations, environmental rules put in place, and union rules put in place by certain states that have made it difficult, if not impossible, to operate. Uh, California just did that again when it comes to so-called environmental regulations, when it comes to 18-wheelers, and 70,000 18-wheelers in existence today can't do business in the state of California since January 1. On top of the others that can't do business in California due to other regulations. Now, some of us, our biggest ports are in California. On the West Coast. Now Joe Biden knows this, but he doesn't want to do anything about it. Because this is part of his base. Newsom knows this, but he doesn't want to do about it in the freest state in the world, as he called it, or something like that. Because he doesn't want to do anything about it. And of course, Buttigieg is always somewhere else. He's always somewhere else. And now we're having issues when it comes to Air travel. I don't remember all this, do you? Now we're having problems with the FAA and their computer system. We had a problem, by the way, in the state of Florida a week or two ago that was also a result of the FAA computer system. So they've been aware of this. 
But it got so bad yesterday, they had to shut the whole system down. Not since 9-11. The whole system. Now we're spending trillions and trillions in debt. That's what I mean when people say, why don't we spend our money here rather than over there? I'm going, we are spending money here, there, everywhere. What does one have to do with the other? Nothing. National defense is national defense. Domestic spending is domestic spending. It's not like we take a dollar from here and we give it over. It doesn't work that way. But the demagogues out there, they, they know a number of people will fall for this. But anyway, back to the issue. In Canada, for the most part, their air administration is controlled by the private sector. Of all places, Canada, a thoroughly socialist society that despises individual liberties under this Trudeau, this this fraud and phony. Now, if we even talk about that here, there'll be a complete freakout. And people will lie on the left about safety and this, that, and the other, as if they don't have that, I guess, in Canada. Does anybody fly to Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver or wherever? Well, that's their air system. And I don't hear that they have an exceptional level of uh, safety issues. But here, we shut the whole system down. Buttigieg, who's in charge from the government perspective of the supply chain, who's in charge of the FAA, the guy's never around, and he always has an excuse. And they're always going to study it, and they'll get back to us, and they never get back to us. Now keep this in mind when the left keeps talking about more and more central government. They can't run what exists. They can't even keep track of what exists. But it's, it's, it's like a, an obsession. It's an ideology. They just keep gobbling and devouring and, and degrading. And so people are terribly inconvenienced. But it's even worse than that. We have freight by air. You have FedEx and UPS and the mail system by air. All this stuff comes to an end. Commerce. Commerce is horribly affected. And yet again, we didn't have these problems just a few years ago. We have massive amounts of fentanyl pouring into this country. The border is wide open. We didn't have a wide open border a few years back. Maybe it wasn't secure enough, but the policy wasn't to open it. And to let any Tom, Dick, or Juan come in here. And yet that's exactly what's taking place. It's completely broken by design. By design. So things are broken by design and things are broken by incompetence. But they're broken nonetheless. Pete Buttigieg on the FAA system outage. Cut to Mr. Producer. Go. Any indication that there was a cyber attack involved? There's been no direct evidence or indication of that, but uh, we are also not going to rule that out until we have a, a clearer and better understanding of what's taking place. But again, uh, no indication of that at this time. Shouldn't they know? Don't we have like the best cyber guys on the planet? In our intelligence agencies, at the FBI, at the Defense Department? I mean, shouldn't they know immediately? 
But there's more. Cut three. Go. Well, now that uh, the system is up and running, our primary focus is to determine that root cause. And I've directed FAA to figure out uh, exactly how this happened, uh, the timeline piece by piece about uh, what was known overnight uh, going into uh, last night and then coming out of it. And most importantly, uh, as you might imagine, a critical system like this has a lot of redundancy built into it with backups. So we need to understand why with uh, all of that redundancy, it's still rose to the level uh, that there had to be a ground stop lasting about an hour and a half and the kind of delays that we saw. Now, what's interesting about this statement is it provides no information. I know as much information as he just mentioned there. Your Secretary of Transportation, this crap's going on. It's all hands on deck. I want somebody's ass in a ringer. I want to know everything that we know and i want to reveal it to the public who is furious about what's taking place you don't get that sense that this is going on do you they have redundancy and it didn't work that's a big deal don't tell me they don't have enough money i'm sick of hearing this they've got enough money they're swimming in money they eat money for salad they put dressing on it they just eat it i mean the bureaucracy has more money than you can spit at. We've, we've never, ever created this much money in our human existence. I don't want to hear that there's not enough money. Cut four, go. There need to be redundancies and uh, layers and layers of protection here. Uh, this is an incredibly complex system. Uh, so uh, uh, glitches or complications uh, happen all the time, but we can't allow them to uh, ever lead to this level of disruption, and we won't ever allow them to lead to a safety problem. Is he a commentator, or is he the guy in charge? He sounds like a commentator, not the guy in charge. Here's what we need to do. We need to have redundancies. We need to do this. We need to do that. Well, then do it. Do it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Don't forget, tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern, President Trump will be on the program. Um, Don't forget, Sunday, we will have uh, a really great show. Steve Miller, we're going to talk about what's been going on south of the border.
and it's frightening. And Jim Trusty, and we will talk to him about uh, the Biden documents and more. He is a, a brilliant, brilliant lawyer. Boy, Mr. Producer, somebody wrote that I should resign from this position. Yes. I should resign because I don't agree with them. Do you think I should resign because I don't agree with somebody, Mr. Producer? This guy's a knucklehead. I should resign. Oh, okay, pal. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. These are the gutless wonders who try to position themselves. And I was talking the other day, and I mean it. You only have so much time, those of you who work for a living, or those of you who enjoy other things, to focus in on this sort of stuff uh, that you see on different websites, or maybe you go on Twitter from time to time, or Facebook or whatever. And honestly, it's a, waste. It's, a lot of it is a waste of time. I post a number of things there because... We really ha- Is it almost 3.4 million now, Mr. Producer? It's pretty much 3.4 million followers there. And I resigned from Twitter a couple of years ago, so we've had to really re-base, rebuild interest in it. And sometimes I just wonder. There are very good people there, but there's a lot of morons, too. So is it worth the time? But in your case... When you have all these things being thrown at you, different options on radio, different options on TV, people building websites and have news platforms trying to draw your attention and so forth, to me, you need to be very thoughtful about what it is that you want to look at. Do you want propaganda? Do you want sophomore rantings? What do you want? And there are great places to go. There are aggregator sites that I like. There are substantive sites that I like. And I should put out the list of the sites I don't like. So those of you who are interested in my views and interested in, in applying them, stay away from them. Now, I talked about Newsweek. Was it last night or the night before, Mr. Producer? I think it was last night. Newsweek used to have a magazine. It doesn't exist anymore. Gee, I wonder why. Because it was pathetic. And then one company or another buys the brand and they try and create a news site. The news site is fine. Their opinion site is what sucks. It's awful. I don't know who does the editing over there, but it's a disaster. And so that's one of the ones I would put near the top of my list, Mr. Producer, to avoid like the plague. And there's others out there, and so I I will put a list together. I don't have time, but maybe one day I'll put a list of so-called columnists together. But I'll stick with the platforms to begin with. Because I'm not resigning. In fact, I am more engaged than ever before in my life more motivated than ever before in my life. Period. Period. But I don't want you to waste your time. And there are a lot of great sites out there. There's a lot of great thinkers. There's a lot of great writers. There's a lot of great hosts and so forth. And there are those who are frauds, phonies, and fools who 
who babble, who tell you things you already know. Uh, And my goal here is to introduce what I consider to be some more interesting things, more substantive things that you're going to get from most people in most places. All right. We have a powerful hour left. Only one in this particular show, and I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. In this economy, we all need as much help as we can get. If you own a business, you're looking for ways to survive. Innovation refunds can help. Small business owners, please listen up. You could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. Now, this isn't a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. Go to GetRefunds.com. Their tax attorneys are highly trained in this little-known payroll tax refund program, and have already returned $1 billion to businesses, and they can help you too. Go to GetRefunds.com. They do all the work with no charge up front. They simply charge a percentage of the cash that they get for you. Go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer a few questions. It's that simple. Now, this payroll tax refund is only available for a very limited amount of time. So check it out right away. GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Well, that was a bit sarcastic. Yes, I suppose it was. Well, the Daily Skeptic. I want you to listen to this. Chris Morrison. Net zero, that is net zero carbon emissions, will lead to the end of modern civilization, says a top scientist. And of course, he's right. A damning indictment of the new net-zero political project has been made by one of the world's leading nuclear physicists. In a recently published science paper, Dr. Wallace Monheimer said it would be the end of modern civilization. Writing about wind and solar power, he argued it would be especially tragic, quote, when not only will this new infrastructure fail, but will cost trillions, trash large portions of the environment, 
and be entirely unnecessary. The stakes, he added, are enormous. And this is where we're being pushed and dragged. Dr. Mannheimer holds a physics PhD from MIT and has had a 50-year career in nuclear research, including work at the Plasma Physics Division of the U.S. Naval Research Laboratory. He's published over 150 science papers. In his view, there is certainly no scientific basis, he says, for expecting a climate crisis from too much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere in the next century or so. He argues there's no reason why civilization cannot advance using both fossil fuel power and nuclear power, gradually shifting to more nuclear power. There is, of course, a growing body of opinion that points out that the emperor has no clothes when it comes to all the fashionable green technologies. Electric cars, wind and solar power, hydrogen, battery storage, heat pumps, all have massive disadvantages, are incapable of replacing existing systems without devastating consequences. By the way, footnote, as I posted on the Internet... You know how the Democrats come in, like Biden, and they start banning things, banning pipelines, talking about banning gas stoves, banning uh, fossil fuel vehicles, and so forth? Well, I have an idea. Why doesn't the next president ban electric vehicles? Sorry, Elon. I'm a big fan. I don't know you, but sorry. Why don't we start banning what they are pushing? So let's ban electric vehicles. Some of you have electric vehicles. We'll grandfather you in, just like they intend to grandfather in the combustion engine. But then let's ban them. What do you think, Mr. Producer? It'll work. Mannheimer points out that before fossil fuel became widely used, energy was provided by people and animals. Because so little energy was produced, he said... Civilization was a thin veneer atop a vast mountain of human squalor and misery, a veneer maintained by such institutions as slavery, colonialism, and tyranny. Well, these are Marxists, so they believe in slavery, colonialism, and tyranny, while pretending to oppose it. This argument hints at why so many rich, virtue-signaling celebrities argue not just for net zero, but real zero. With the banning of all fossil fuel use, King Charles said in 2009 that the age of consumerism and convenience was over. Although the multi-mansion-owning monarch presumably doesn't think such desperate restrictions apply to himself. This is a British publication. Mannheimer notes that fossil fuels extended the benefits of civilization to billions, but its job is not yet complete. He adds, to spread the benefits of modern civilization to the entire human family would require much more energy, as well as newer sources. And the author notes that the emphasis on a false climate crisis is becoming a tragedy for modern civilization, which depends on reliable, affordable, and environmentally viable energy. He said the windmills, solar panels, and backup batteries have none of these qualities, This falsehood has been pushed by what has been termed a climate-industrial complex, comprising some scientists, most media, industrialists, and legislators. Furthermore, he continues, this grouping has somehow managed to convince many that CO2 in the atmosphere, a gas necessary for life on Earth, one which we exhale with every breath, as I've said, with every breath for 20 years. 
that somehow that's an environmental poison when it clearly is not. In Mannheimer's view, the partnership among self-interested businesses, grandstanding politicians, and alarmist campaigners, quote, truly is an unholy alliance. The climate-industrial complex does not promote discussion on how to overcome this challenge in a way that will be best for everyone. He said, we should not be surprised or impressed that those who stand to make a profit are among the loudest calling for politicians to act. Perhaps one of the best voices to cast doubt on approaching climate crises, and by the way, I've quoted this gentleman twice in two of my books, suggests the author is Professor Emeritus Richard Lindzen of MIT. I'm saying I've quoted him twice, Lindzen one of the world's leading authorities on geological fluid motions. He said, what historians will definitely wonder about in future centuries is how deeply flawed logic, obscured by shrewd and unrelenting propaganda, actually enabled a coalition of powerful special interests to convince nearly everyone in the world that CO2 from human industry was a dangerous planet-destroying toxin. It'll be remembered as the greatest mass delusion in the history of the world, he said, that CO2, the life of plants, was considered for a time to be a deadly poison. And much of Dr. Mannheimer's interesting paper debunks many of the fashionable nostrums surrounding politicized, quote-unquote, settled climate science. It's an excellent read, discussing some of the contrary opinions that debunk obviously false claims, he says... It is particularly disheartening to see learned societies make definitive claims when so much contrary information is readily available. He points out that over the last 10,000 years, the Earth has almost certainly been warmer. There have been warmer and colder periods just like today. To find the off-narrative information, even Google can be used, Mannheimer says, though he does note, that the company warns it will not provide information on claims denying the long-term trends so that the global climate is warming. And yet, nobody cares other than us. The propaganda corrupt American Pravda media is a mouthpiece for this religion. It's a mouthpiece for this ideology. And it is destroying the country. And it will destroy our prosperity. And it will give an upper hand to our enemies, like China and all the rest, who have no intention of abandoning fossil fuel. They steal our technology. They steal our science. They steal our general know-how. And we ourselves are committing suicide. It's amazing. People have doubts about politicians, but they're willing to hand their entire future and the future of their children and grandchildren over to politicians and bureaucrats. And so many of these so-called scientists are funded by the federal government, like so many of these universities and colleges, to come up with a result-oriented conclusion. And I've quoted Chuck Todd here behind the microphone many times. I cite him in one of my books. I think it's the Unfreedom of the Press book about his statement where he threw down the the gauntlet and said he will not allow climate deniers on his program. Meet the press. 
climate deniers. So he uses the Holocaust denier phrase and applies it to serious scientists, physicists, geologists, you name it, of which there are thousands who disagree with this. That is Chuck Todd and this whole ideology and religion. Thousands. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. This story is uh, illustrative of so much that's been going on in this country. And uh, I want to salute the police chief of Washington, D.C., and to understand this story better, you need to know that he's an African-American. But he's a, he's, he's, he is not into all the race stuff. He doesn't seem to be, at least in my view. He seems to be a law enforcement officer, first and foremost. White, black, or indifferent. So this is from The Blaze, Dave Urbanski. Angry D.C. police chief says black man fatally shot black teen amid 4 a.m. confrontation over car break-ins, and he blasts misinformation and allegations center around race. Robert Conti, chief of police in Washington, was visibly angry during a Tuesday news conference during which he confirmed that the homeowner who fatally shot a 13-year-old black male at 4 a.m. confrontation over a car break-in also was black, and that misinformation, he said, about the case and allegations centered around race are putting innocent people in danger. Specifically, WTTG-TV reported that a a group posted a photo of a white man and a picture of Karen Blake, the teen who was fatally shot, implying that the white man is the one who pulled the trigger. The fact that there's misinformation swirling around there and people are trying... Are tying it to race and other things and putting images of innocent people out there next to young Karen saying that this is the person that's responsible for that. That's reckless and that's dangerous, said the chief. And he was raising his voice. Imagine if that was your picture beside his and people showed up at your home with half information. That's unacceptable. He also said people are making allegations centered around race and that is wrong. And emphasize that spreading of inaccurate information is dangerous, reckless, has the potential to adversely impact the investigation and the relationships in our community. WTTG-TV said in a video report, that's part of its original story, that the unidentified homeowner confronted Blake and two other juveniles in the 1000 block of Quincy Street in northeast section of the nation's capital after seeing cars being broken into just before 4 a.m. on Saturday. They're having a horrific problem like every city with carjackings, and these teenagers are largely doing it. The station said Blake was shot multiple times. There was no indication he was armed, but investigators said arriving officers found the homeowner, the homeowner who shot him, 
because he's trying to steal his car, performing CPR on the teen who was taken to a hospital and later pronounced dead. Police also found a car on Quincy Street that had been reported stolen, and cops believe the 13-year-old used it. Investigators believe two other juveniles were also involved in the incident, WTTG said, adding that a neighbor in the area said those two juveniles tried fleeing the scene in a vehicle before bailing out in an alley and running off. Investigators said the homeowner is cooperating with authorities. The gun used in the shooting is legally registered. WTTG reported, adding a separate story that the homeowner possesses a registered concealed carry permit. And, of course, one of the reporters yells to the chief, but but wait a minute. I thought uh, this shooting uh, is illegal to use lethal force amid a property crime. The chief said, well, if the person has, is in fear of their life or the life of another, that they can use the weapon. So if you can't use a weapon to protect your home and you need to know in advance that somebody's going to try and harm you, you can't use lethal force in Washington, D.C.? That's why people are getting the hell out. This is black on black. The man's defending himself. He's defending his vehicle. There's three teenagers involved. I'm sure all kinds of crap's going on in that neighborhood. How am I sure? Because the stolen car was on another street. And uh, these rules, these rules affect all human beings who are in crime-ridden Neighborhood. So the guy has a legally registered gun. Now, let me ask you a question. Because the, the registration process is so difficult and complicated in most of these cities, what if his gun wasn't legally registered, but he had it because he says, you know, i got to make a decision between protecting myself, my home, and my family, and following these inane, unconstitutional laws. They'd lock this guy up. They would lock this guy up which is really quite shocking. But this goes on all over the country. I mean, in Illinois, they've got new, uh, new laws they put in place, despite how many times the Supreme Court says cut it out. It doesn't seem to matter. All right, Mr. Producer, I do not have my call screen up. Uh, do we have a regular or irregular American? On the Mark Levin app, a regular American, Mark in Tennessee. How are you, Mark? Hello? Yeah. Yep. 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 Hello. How you doing? How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I had a few I had a few thoughts. Um mm-hmm. I would like to know uh if Hunter Biden had access to the building that the doc, that the classified documents uh, mm-hmm. were found. I think that would I think that would be a very good question for us to ask. Now let me stop you right there. And the, it seems to me, why wouldn't he? Right? If if Joe Biden is playing rope with dope and says I didn't even know it was there, why wouldn't Hunter Biden have had access to that building in that closet? Right? Yes. Exactly. I mean, he claims they didn't know what was what was there. So Hunter Biden basically had access to everything his father had, and vice versa. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just was. Uh, I just wanted to bring that point up because uh, I haven't heard that point uh, so far through the broadcast. Uh, That's a good I just, point. I just wanted to. Uh, I just wanted to put, share that point um, because that could be terrible 
if he had access to the documents and what he. Yeah, it's bad enough that his daddy had access to it. Yes, of course. By the way, where is Greenville? What's it near? Uh, South Carolina. Uh, it's it's near Spartanburg, uh, Greenville, it, South Carolina. But is it on the Tennessee side? Yeah, it's more on the Tennessee side, uh, upstate. Yeah. All right, because I have family that lives in Nashville. That's what I was wondering. All right, Mark, take care of yourself, buddy. Appreciate it. Let us go to uh, Rod in Halsey, Oregon, the great KUFO. KUFO, go right ahead. Well, Mark, I, you know, you were just talking about the uh, climate, uh, you know, crisis, et cetera, you know, the manufacturing crisis. I think in the past you've you've touted these books, and I think you should – uh, heavily emphasize it. The problem is, uh, I don't think we can figure out how in the hell to get people off of their screens to to read uh, that book. By uh, uh, it's called Unsettled by Stephen Coonan, who is in the Obama administration, has written an excellent book, and I bought probably twenty plus copies of the thing and gave it to all my siblings. But there's very few of them that read it. it it's a definitive thing. He's a physicist. He's a physicist. You're 100% right. If you want to check out uh, Liberty and Tyranny, I have an entire chapter on this with references as well in the back foot uh, footnotes and so forth. But good point. I'll be back. The Mark Lovin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Well, folks, uh, Donald Trump will be on the program tomorrow, and I hope you'll listen in. I will be on. I get a lot of requests to go on TV. I just can't do them all if I'm to get my own jobs done here. I will be on Hannity tomorrow night, and on Sunday night, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Life, Liberty, and Levin, we will have two great guests, Stephen Miller, to talk about what the hell is going on on the southern border and in Mexico and what this president is proposing and what we need to do, the Republican House. And uh, James Trusty, top-notch lawyer, uh, used to work at the Department of Justice on the criminal side, who is President Trump's lawyer, among others, dealing with documents. And uh, the more we learn about Biden, the more... I would tell you this, the Biden situation is worse than the Trump situation. Regardless of the uh, whiteboard guy says and all the other media say, it's worse. You know why it's worse? Because those documents have been held improperly, if not unlawfully, for six years. Six years. And apparently in multiple locations without Secret Service protection. And as the gentleman called and said from Tennessee and potentially with Hunter Biden's access. So it's worse. You know, the the D.C. crowd gets caught up in rules and processes and all the rest. And they want you to believe that this is what's going to save us. No. It's not what's going to save us. Substance in the Constitution. That's what's going to save us. Jimmy. Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Jimmy, go right ahead, please. Mark, Earth Day was founded. We talked about this recently. The guy that founded it, Gaylord Nelson, at the time was working with 
the tax-exempt KGB Group Institute for Policy Studies. By the way, slow down now. Who that was founded by Jamie Raskin's daddy. Right, Mark. I just want everybody to know this. Jamie Raskin, unfortunately, he's very ill. I don't wish that on him, but he is a commie. His father was a commie, and they did found that organization in Washington, D.C. Go ahead. Yeah, so Earth Earth Day was founded by this guy working with the KGB group, April 22nd, 1970. That's Lenin, the founder of the Soviet Union. That's Lenin's 100th birthday. Now, in America, one of the leaders of the environmental movement is John Kerry. John Kerry's group, Vietnam Veterans Against the War, was at the same address. What a coincidence again. Same address as the National Council American Soviet Friendship Committee. And John Kerry's group was present. I attend these pla- these meetings, you know. I did. Uh, they had a 25th victory, a 25th anniversary victory celebration. So in New York, the communists actually celebrated the 25th anniversary of the communist victory in Vietnam. John Kerry's group was there. So John Kerry's group was there. They have the Viet Cong flag. That's the communist flag of Vietnam. They had the North Vietnamese flag. They had the hammer and sickle flag. So this goes on out there. And, John, and my, of course, the environmental movement is to cripple the free world by destroying our energy. But what about the isolationist movement? Well, the isolationist movement is sort of like the peace movement. The peace movement was trying to hold us back as the communists were. It's like if you and I have a fight. We're never going to fight. But if you and I have a fight, as you're beating me up, you have your guy holding my arms behind my back or vice versa. So the communists work on both sides. One more thing. This guy, Lula da Silva in Brazil, he's not woke. He's not leftist. He's an out-and-out communist. So you see now, in America, Brazil, it's every country in the world, the massive communist movement. They work through the churches. They work on influence on every level. Mark, this is an absolutely massive movement. We're being attacked at every level. And the strange thing is the communists write it, that they're going to weaken us politically, culturally, economically, and socially. They get into religions. I mean, Mark, this is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend, Jimmy, we always thank you all these years. God bless you. This guy's a fount of knowledge. But those who want us to disarm, but then pretend they don't want us to disarm, it's like disarming the police or defunding the police. Except we're not talking here about criminals in the street. We're talking about communist Chinese, the uh, the the... Uh, neo-fascist regime in Iran and so forth and so on. They sound like leftists. Did you know Zelensky's a dictator? I didn't think you guys had problems with a dictator out there. Not you folks. These people talk. I mean, you do embrace Putin. No, no, we don't embrace Putin. We're We're spending all this money. We don't we don't spend it on our own stuff and our own this. Uh, yes, we do. And one has nothing to do with the other. Seriously. Let's continue. Hank, Harker Heights, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Howdy doody, Mark. Premise yes, sir. Is that, yes, sir. The conservative Republicans have lost the political game from the standpoint that for six years, Trump has, during Trump, you know, we played offense, or he's played offense and defense. At the same time, in 2017, we've got the the Penn Biden 
uh, center, which was a Obama ghost uh, government. If you look at when they opened it, it was John Kerry, Susan Rice, Eric Holder, Loretta Lynch. I don't. I, I guess you're looking this up on the internet. I must confess ignorance on this. No, I just I, don't know enough to engage with you. Not accept it, but I believe in uh, the trust but verify Reagan system. Amen. Uh, so, Thank you for your call. I'm not sure where that's going. I'm just not. Uh, but I, I just don't know enough about it. Rashida Talib was on the floor of the House today, and I want you to listen to this. And I want you to tell me whether anybody else, and maybe they have, have played this for you, whether any news organization has raised this. I'm just curious. Cut nine, Rashida Talib. Go. I feel a strong responsibility, Mr. Speaker, to humanize the Palestinian people who are living under increasingly oppressive and racist apartheid policies. 2002 was one of the deadliest in memory for Palestinians. Dozens of children were killed by the government of Israel, and many were targeted. Groups like DCI Palestine, who monitor these killings, were targeted. We cannot look away, Mr. Speaker, and gaslight the oppressive and violent policies towards the Palestinian people who are experiencing right now literally taking away their human dignity and, and their right to be able to freely live and raise their children without this type of targeting. Who's stopping them? Who's stopping them? They have their own territories. The Gaza Strip. Billions of dollars pouring in from around the world, the United Nations, hundreds of millions from the United States. Who is stopping them from living? In peace. Who's stopping them? Now, I will tell you who's stopping them. Hamas and Abbas. They're stealing their money. They're enriching themselves. They run these territories like mobsters. They hand out businesses. They hand out territories. They hand out homes like the mob. They fund terrorism. So who's holding them back? If you're a Palestinian and you own property and you want to sell it to a Jew... Uh, that's capital offense. You're to be executed. Meanwhile, if you kill a Jew, you get a major pension, and so does your family. Who's stopping them? Apartheid. Palestinians live in Israel. Arabs live in Israel. Arabs participate, Palestinians, in the government of Israel. Can you point to one Jew anywhere in the so-called government of Abbas or Hamas? Judea and Samaria, the indigenous peoples to these areas, wrongly called the West Bank. The indigenous peoples are the Jews. That's who they are. Not the Palestinians. Where are the Palestinians in the Bible? Now I can get into this more, but I want you to hear her racism. Go ahead handing over billions each year to an apartheid state violating human rights. And now we are dealing with a far-right government there now promising to make things worse. And they're not even hiding it, Mr. Speaker. They are intentionally saying exactly what they're going to continue to do, which is the status quo, 
and again making it very dangerous for Palestinians to live and thrive. No person. How is Netanyahu making it dangerous for Palestinians to live and thrive? And how is Israel an apartheid government? What they hate is it's a Jewish state. And this SOB has said more than once that they want to drive the Jews into the Mediterranean Sea. That's what she has said. The apartheid government? The Palestinians, that is a terrorist regime. Go ahead. Not one Palestinian, Israeli, anyone deserves to suffer or die for who they are. Okay, wow, that's very uh, magnanimous of you. I would ask the people who say, I don't want to get involved in endless wars, some of whom are in my faith. Is this an endless war you don't want to get involved in too? Is it? Should we continue to give aid in the form of military support to the state of Israel? I know we get many benefits back. That's a good thing. But that's not my question. Because you've gone down an ideological path that is bankrupt. Wanting to know where our money goes is very important. Having inspectors general oversee it is very important. Preventing waste, fraud, and abuse is very important. Ensuring that people are not getting rich off of your hard taxpayer dollars is very important, whether it's spent on welfare or whether it's spent on uh, supporting Ukraine or supporting the state of Israel or supporting the state of Kansas or whatever it is. It's crucially important. But when people are telling you to make a choice, to make a, a, an, a irrational choice, whether we support our allies and thereby support ourselves, or spend money in the United States, that is intended to give you a false choice. And now we've reached the point where we have pseudo-conservatives talking about slashing our defense spending. Because we all know it's the federal contractors making all the money. Uh, no, we don't all know that. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This show went fast. I need another two hours. Tell WABC and the rest I need I need another two hours. You know, these defense contractors, I, I don't understand. So we're supposed to hate them too? You mean the ones that design, that engineer, that develop, that build the arsenal that protects America and protects our troops? I'm supposed to hate those companies? They're patriotic companies. We've got enough unpatriotic companies in this country. So I'm supposed to turn, according to these new guys, I'm supposed to turn on the businesses that provide us with the jets, the missiles, the bullets, the armaments, all the rest of it, the tanks, the technologies that make us the number one military power on the face of the earth. I'm supposed to hate them now. They're all money grubbers. Because of the military-industrial complex. So we all sound like leftists now. Number two, any history, conservative history, that began the day before yesterday, I'm supposed to reject. And anybody who disagrees with them, they must leave the field. 
No debate, no discussion, no opinions. Don't these sound like Marxists? And number three, we're supposed to follow people who have nothing to follow. Ah, boy, do I love this job. Here I am behind this microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. We salute the truckers out there, the men and women who make this country work, the freedom fighters in, in Taiwan and Ukraine and the rest of the world. And I'll see you, the greatest people on the face of the earth, tomorrow. Tomorrow.